Welcome to Where I Belong, a 12-part audio series, a collection of poems and stories by writers in UNESCO cities Nottingham and Baghdad. She was looking me right in the eyes, she was, as the baby screamed in the chair and the onions and garlic and God knows what rolled around on the pavement. And as I helped her up, she kept saying, sorry, like she didn't know any other word, only that, sorry. I watched her, I was worried. And it was when they went through the gates leading to the tower I noticed them in the grounds, walking around, smoking, looking at their phones, huddling into their coats. We've been talking about it, me and Jim, how after all this time and all these promises, the tower had finally sparked into life. Lights appearing in windows of the night, all the way up, even though no one had seen anyone arriving. As though these people, whoever they were, had been taken in through a secret tunnel. It was here, Jim, when the tower opened, watching the first tenants from the slum clearances vanishing inside, clutching their boxes of cheap crockery. It was the future of housing, that's what they said when the future meant higher and shinier and easier. I was at rally in the packing department, sending bicycles out across the world, joking we should climb inside one of those boxes and see where we'd end up. Which of those places on the map in the office that none of us bothered to think about, unless they were being mentioned on the telly, and you wondered how anybody could give anybody a croggy through that. And we were full of it, the whole bloody lot of us, in our city that was ablaze and just how we liked it. If an house wasn't a pub, it was a party waiting to happen. Bodies everywhere there were, shouting, laughing, loving, living. When we sat us all down, they told us the new factories were identical to ours. You wouldn't believe it, they said. Only, there was no bus that was ever going to take us that far to those countries. Of course, we said we'd all keep in touch, but a promise without a reason soon grinds to a bloody halt. I moved here around then as the tower was being drained of its last four sods. If it had been the future, it was all over in the blink of an eye. Window frames hanging on for dear life, graffiti all over the place, and the stink of you know what. Now and then, meetings were held, full of vision and shite. New plans for the tower, new names for the tower, the tower that would herald our new lease of life. It even got painted once, but no one came. It just stood there, up on the hill, 
All masks and no trousers. No, not even that. Just lonely. And I often thought about breaking in and climbing to the top, hoping to see the city from up there as I remembered it, as I wanted it, when I could feel it somehow coursing through me. But it's been vanishing for years. Sometimes I feel like a ghost in a future that never arrived. You don't realise until you see places you spent so much of your life in being knocked to the ground, and your memories are lying there too, crushed under the debris. How when they do clamber out and find their way back to you, they're wearing the wrong clothes, holding the wrong drink, laughing at a joke that nobody ever told. From Yemen she is, the woman, Jemana. I started keeping an eye out for her, and we've spoken a few times now. She's an asylum seeker, like everyone else there, hidden away in a tower that's visible for miles around. But they've started to move out beyond the gates a little further every day. And each step they take seems to push a bit more life out into the street. You don't think, do you? How the shot waves from the blast of a bloody great bomb can end up hurling people so far away that they might bring you face to face with a woman lying on the ground in your street. That as you put out your hand to pull her up and feel her weight and yours coming into some kind of balance, that everything might change in some small way. I'm taking round some pots and pans tomorrow to help Germana set up home. We can look out the window together at the new city that's waiting for her to make of it what she can. Andy Barrett's Shockwaves is voiced by Sue Allen, was sound designed by Adam McCready. It was produced by New Perspectives Theatre Company, supported by the British Council Digital Collaboration Fund and Arts Council England. <laughs>